What's up, beautiful world? This is Conan Tanner, and you're listening to Barbarian Noetics, the podcast dedicated to the human spirit. Today, I'm going to fly solo in the studio, and the reason why I'm choosing to do so for this episode is I wanted to have a sort of uh, uh, co-creative meditation with y'all, my beloved listeners, and the topic of the meditation is theft. Why, you ask, Conan, would you want to talk about theft? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, Eight days ago, my motorcycle got stolen. And it has been a, it's been a whole big long experience of inner feelings. <laughs> and uh, right now I'm feeling quite at peace with it. And I'm not just saying that. Um, I'm all about authenticity here. So uh, I'm not just saying, I would never say anything just because it's like I want to hear my voice say it or because I think it's the pleasant thing. I want to be able to talk about really difficult things on here and um you know everything in between but truthfully honestly right now i feel uh, very peaceful about it and um so i guess i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about sort of how i arrived at this current state of being about it and um you know like some of the feelings and and experiences i i had along the way and kind of I want to talk about it a because I'm just kind of like uh, I just want to indulge in some therapy for myself and B because I'm hopeful that perhaps it could help others uh, to process their feelings you know if not even if something gets stolen from someone but if you know someone does some does you wrong or just things in life where you feel like kind of violated or taken advantage of and how um, how we can get through this. And I'm not saying that I like have it figured out at all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I like to hear what works for other people. And so part of wanting to do this podcast is so I can share things that work for me. And the more that we share things that work with each other, then the more tools we, we have. Because we're all humans. So, um, you know, even people that have had the most disparate upbringings and whatnot, uh, you know, we all bleed red, and we're all human beings, and we all have similar basic apparatuses by which we experience the world. And by that, I mean it's through our nervous system. So I'm not a biologist, so I'm going to stop there, because you biologists out there are probably like, Conan, you fool. First it's the blah, blah, blah dermis, and then the epidermis, and then the nervous system. I don't know, but... I think you know what I'm saying. We all perceive the world through our senses, whatever senses we have, um, and then we experience, I, I guess we experience those, that sensory input through our nervous system as feelings and emotions and whatnot. All right, so it happened uh, at work. My motorcycle was stolen from the parking lot at my work, and... Um, very unexpected. I work at a hospital on a hospital campus, and there's 24/7 security that drives around, and it's a super well-lit parking lot. And my motorcycle was parked right in the middle of the parking lot on its center kickstand, within plain view of the 
of the desk, literally where I work. Now I work overnight, and so after 9 p.m. I go into the manager apartment and I come out at around like five in the morning. So between around 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. I was in the manager apartment, so I didn't have visual on the bike itself. Because I've parked it there literally hundreds of times. Um, you know, I just didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that it was even possibly a sketchy place to leave it. And uh, anyway, so at, you know, before I went in the, the manager apartment, I took one last look at the bike, like I usually do, and then um, went in. And then when I came out in the morning, it was just gone. No trace of it whatsoever. So that's a weird feeling <laughs> when you have... Something like a, a vehicle is kind of like an extension of yourself in a way. I mean, we spend so much time in or on our vehicles, and they take us to and from work and to and from family. And, like, we really are pretty connected with our vehicles. And so, like, to have a vehicle be there, and you have a memory of, of leaving it, and then just having no trace of it whatsoever when you look again, it kind of feels like you've like slid into some alternate reality a parallel dimension that you where you never had the vehicle and i started thinking like this can't be how can this be i can't the the motorcycle wouldn't have just vanished i must have parked it somewhere weird or i must uh, not be remembering something maybe did i get dropped off yesterday did i uber for some reason like what's going on and i go through this whole like denial process of like i'm just forgetting something surely there's an explanation for why my motorcycle has vanished and then eventually after about like 15 minutes of that and kind of like running around the parking lot and the campus and freaking out uh it the realization settled that the bike had in fact been stolen so um i'm not going to go into all like the nitty-gritty boring details about like the you know police report and all that crap but the first, the very first thing I felt was like denial, and then after that, immediately after that, I felt like kind of peaceful about it, like this peaceful resignation. But what I realized is that that wasn't authentic. It was my, it was a defense mechanism that I was using so as not to get too upset about it. Because uh, I try to live my life in a way that I don't become like angry, you know, for no reason. Um, and or frustrated or sad like I've had issues with depression in the past and I'm a you know a five years sober alcoholic so I've had anger issues in the past and I'm just trying to like uh, I don't want to make any more mistakes in life if I can help it and the one thing I can try to at least control is like my own emotional state and so even though I was really upset and mostly I was upset at the feeling that, like, it's just so mean. Such a mean thing to do, <laughs> to just take someone's vehicle. Um, I mean, it's my primary vehicle. Like, I am I'm very much, like, uh, you know, in the 99% or whatever, like, a working-class person. I don't have a lot of extra money. Um, I don't have another vehicle. That's my primary vehicle. I got it because it would save on gas, you know? And... Um, and then to have someone just take it, like, it's, it's this, it just feels really mean, you know? Like, how could someone do that? I work at a nonprofit on the campus of a hospital, so you come into a hospital campus and you steal vehicles, like, but, um, so that's what I felt uh, truly and authentically. 
after the denial, but what I did is I, I pushed that down because I didn't want to get upset, especially like when I'm still at work and I have to go meet with the policeman, police reporter and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm trying to like keep it cool, you know? So I kept it cool by, by arriving at this place of like what I perceive to be peaceful resignation. Um, but what I discovered is that like as that day unfolded and then especially the next day when I woke up the next morning and I like you know when you wake up when something like fucked up happens in your life and then you wake up and you have this feeling of like just this sort of like off off-putting uneasiness of like right when you first wake up and you're thinking what am I like I'm, I'm supposed to be, like, upset about something, but I don't remember what it is, like, what's off in my life. So I had that, and then I remembered that, oh, yeah, my, my motorcycle got stolen from work yesterday, and then I did get, like, pretty upset. And, but I just, you know, I did what I always do when I get upset, and that's, um, I go to the gym and just, like, go nuts on uh, cardio <laughs> and, like, lift weights and just really push myself physically, and that releases endorphins, and that always makes me feel better. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, next the next couple days were were kind of, like, cycles of feeling upset and then exercising or doing something else to kind of, like, basically get my mind off of it. And that floated me on to, like, day four, and around day four... Because um, I have a, I have two jobs, and so now I have to commute by bicycle on both jobs. One of my jobs is like starts really really early in the morning, so I have to get up at like you know 4 a.m. now to get there on my bicycle and stuff. So that got me thinking about it, like biking really early one morning before sunrise. But the thing about that was that it was so beautiful biking in the early morning. I live in the desert, and it's just so beautiful. Um, those you know, those that hour before sunrise and then the whole sunrise is so gorgeous and being able to ride my bike through the sunrise and experience and hear the dawn chorus of the birds and it was just like so beautiful and I used to always commute everywhere by bicycle before I got my, my uh, motorcycle so it was like, oh yeah, I remember this, this is pretty nice, like riding a bike is awesome, you know, and it's a blessing that I even have a bicycle and it's a blessing that I have the health and the well-being to ride a bicycle. It's a blessing my legs are functioning properly. It's a blessing that my mind works well enough that I can like navigate the world and, and you know navigate riding a bicycle and just things like that that are so easy to take for granted. But life is so complex. All these things have to come together for us to do anything. And it truly is a blessing just to be able to like walk around the world and experience things and then I think about people who live in other parts of the world who um, maybe aren't as don't have the same like material uh, uh, wealth as like America for the most part obviously I realize that there's crushing poverty in the US as well and I realize that there's insane affluence in all other countries including countries of the global south so I realize that it's a sweeping generalization, but for the most part, um, like the what's up, glorious listeners? 
We'll be right back to this mini meditation on Barbarian Noetics. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Barbarian Noetics is brought to you by people that give you weird looks when you smile at them. People that give you weird looks when you smile at them, always there to make you feel weird about just trying to be nice. Today's episode is also brought to you by humidifiers. Humidifiers make things humid. Humidifiers. And finally, we're brought to you today by the kombucha aisle at health food stores. Kombucha aisles are full of all sorts of yummy drinks, and they're fizzy, and they got ginger in them sometimes, or lemon, and they got probiotics too. Uh, the kombucha aisle at health food stores, sponsoring today's episode of Barbarian Noetics. Uh, and we're very thankful to them, especially the ginger aid one. Um, and the, the beet, the heart beet, B-E-E-T one. Anything with beets nowadays. Today's episode of Barbarian Noetics also brought to you by beets. And I'm saying B-E-E-T-S, the vegetable. Because that vegetable is baller as fuck. Seriously, I eat beets and I feel high. Because I can feel the, the red blood cells in my body just like, just, I don't know. It's like going at 88 miles per hour and going forward in time or something. I love beets. I think that they're good for your mood. I think that they're obviously really good for you. They look like human hearts, so they got to be good for your heart. And um, they're so beautiful, that beautiful deep red color. It's literally the color of blood. Like, come on. <laughs> so uh, Beats, thank you Beats as well for sponsoring this episode. And you know what? Beats, B-E-A-T-S as well, uh, pretty dope. So uh, Dr. Dre, you know what I'm saying? Beats, Liddy Beats, Dope Beats. Also, Dope Beats, B-E-E-T-S. All right. Thanks so much again to our sponsors. Thank you, glorious listeners. And now we're back to Conan Tanner and his mini meditation. Just like, you know, I, I have my own apartment. Like, uh, that alone is a luxury, being able to live alone. So many, so many folks don't have that luxury and live in super crowded conditions. And um, I know for me that would be really challenging just because I am, uh, my, my totem animal is the bobcat. And I, I just am, I am a bobcat. And um, so cats are solitary and I'm I've always been really solitary naturally I'm naturally solitary even though I'm a you know Leo's are uh, known to be like all social and gregarious and whatnot and I I am social and gregarious and I enjoy going to parties and meeting people and stuff but only in the context of having tons and tons of alone time <laughs> do I enjoy that so when I'm if I'm in a situation where I'm always around other people, um, it's really hard for me to stay calm and centered. So for me, that would be really difficult to live, you know, just piled on top of folks. Um, I just have a lot of respect for people that 
can live like that and maintain and be civil towards one another still. So, um, so even just the fact, you know, I live in this tiny ass little apartment in the warehouse district of Southern Phoenix. It's like, I think I have the cheapest rent in the entire city. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm so thankful for that space because I get to live here alone. And, um, and yeah, just having the, the sensibilities, I guess the aesthetic sense to appreciate things like sunrises and appreciate the sound of the dawn chorus and the color of the cacti and the hummingbirds feeding on the blossoms and just having an appreciation for that is a blessing too. And um, so I guess where I'm going at with all this is that I started, this is day three, and I started really thinking about how lucky I am. And so that feeling of gratitude kind of was like an antidote to the feeling of, of kind of anger and sadness at having something taken from me uh, by a stranger. And so, um, so once I started feeling like this gratitude for what I had, then I really made an, a conscious effort to forgive the individual or group of people who took the bike really deeply forgive them and um you know whatever's going on in their world there's a reason why they felt they had to take the bike so i'm assuming they're not doing awesome you know most people unless you're like a total sociopath <laughs> if you're like doing totally awesome and you like work at a freaking dentist's office and you have like a two-bedroom apartment in the arts district like you're not going around stealing motorcycles at 3 a.m so i'm assuming that whoever took the bike is just going through a hard time and I've certainly gone through hard times. Um, I've never stolen anything, but, you know, I've gone through hard times. And also, you know, who knows if, like, drugs were involved. That's certainly a thought that's crossed my mind is people do crazy shit on drugs, especially drugs they cook up in their friggin' bathtub. <laughs> so, um, you know, just just truly, honestly, forgive, forgive it and kind of wish them well and hope that um, that in some way that maybe my motorcycle can help them along the path to enlightenment. And I don't mean that in like a patronizing or flippant or glib way. I mean that genuinely. We're all walking the path to increase spiritual enlightenment. I, I believe every creature and plant and every everything is, I think even the rocks are alive personally, um, we're all working towards a deeper sense of spiritual fulfillment and awakening. So, you know, maybe, maybe this act of stealing this motorcycle somehow brings about some enlightenment. Who knows? And maybe my wishing that helps it happen, you know, by me sending out that intent because my essence is on that motorcycle. So by sending out the intent that that motorcycle is a vehicle of light and enlightenment, um, I think that it actually might be. And uh, sorry to sound all woo there, but actually not sorry at all because I'm pretty woo. <laughs> but I totally respect like um, the, the more like logical materialist worldview too. So I know there's some of you out there that's like, all right, hippie. <laughs> Don't give me that crap about your bike emanating light, but... My belief system is that you kind of create your own reality in many ways, and so um, part of like the super hyper-rationalist worldview that I kind of find fascinating is that I believe a lot of it is like someone who is hyper-rational 
literally does live in a more hyper-rational universe because, because you do kind of create your own reality. The quantum, quantum physics um, notion or, or uh, uh, whatever element that's been proved about quantum physics is that the observer impacts the observed. So the, whoever is witnessing or seeing something actually does witness the event of what is being seen. And obviously at like the tiniest little fundamental um, elements of matter, like the quarks and, and neutrinos and whatnot, <laughs> uh, they're flickering in and out of existence all the time. And they don't obey Newtonian laws of physics. And there's like, they'll literally just flicker in and out of existence. I mean, how much crazier can you get than that? So certainly there's something, something pretty wild happening. Um, now that said, I'm not trying to like, I think the rational worldview makes sense too because it's a really good way to understanding the world. And we all employ, I employ rationalism all the time when I don't jump off buildings and whatnot. You know, you have to like, you have to acknowledge your physical reality. You can't just completely live in la-la land. And that's a lesson I've had to learn the hard way and something I'm still working on because I naturally kind of gravitate towards la-la land. I always have. I remember in um, elementary school I had a friend um, I'll just say his first name, which was uh, Jeff. And Jeff was, like, super academic, very, you know, uh, school-oriented, intelligent young man. And um, I remember I went over to his house one, one afternoon after school, and his mom was talking to me and stuff. And the next day, um, Jeff was like, you know, my mom uh, thinks that you're really spacey and that you're going to need to, like, work on that to succeed in life. <laughs> and I remember being like, whoa, dude, that's, like, super judgmental. <laughs> like, I was just there, like, talking to her, just kind of, like, in whatever way a fourth grader talks, who knows, like, I had a sandwich today, and I was walking around, and I went to school, and blah, blah, blah. I was just talking, like, a fourth grader to this woman, and meanwhile, she's there, like, this, this fucking guy is a space case. And he's so spacey, I'm going to inform my son how spacey he is. <laughs> anyway, I think that was, like, my first hint that maybe I am actually, like, really a space case. And so maybe I do need to, like, compensate for that somehow and work on being not as spacey. And I'm working on it, but I'm a work in progress. And I think a little bit of spaciness is okay, because I think that, um, what was it, Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. And imagination is kind of a spacey thing, you know, daydreaming and all that is um, definitely a spacey activity. And I think there's a lot of value in imagination and daydreaming, so. So, so eat it, Jeff's mom, whatever. Obviously, I don't have any lingering hang-ups about that or anything. Fourth grade, whatever. Anyway, where was I? Um, talking about my phases of feeling about the, the incident. So I reached this, this stage of kind of like gratitude and real intentional forgiveness, and I feel really good, and I think that I'm kind of good with the whole thing. But then uh, this is day eight right now, and so like days five through seven have been this really surprising up and down thing where I really truly feel like I'm over it, and then I get this wave of like profound anger or profound sadness still that just, it's like... It's hard not to take it personally, even though these people most likely didn't know me. I mean, who knows? There's a possibility that they did, but that's a grim-ass possibility. So I'm operating on the assumption that they didn't know me. Um, 
but it's still hard to take it personally because it's just like fuck you dude like that's how I get to that's like how I live my life I use this thing to like get around to the places I need to go to sustain myself and um, you know it makes my commute home now my commute home is an hour and a half whereas before it was 30 minutes because I have to take my bicycle to light rail and then ride the light rail which the light rail is a kind of a crazy place where it's like one out of five times the light rail smells like urine you know and that kind of sucks whereas like zero out of five times does it smell like urine on the highway when I'm well, okay maybe one out of like 200 times it might smell like urine on the highway when I'm on the bike but if it does smell like urine on the highway it's only for like a split second because I've obviously I'm obviously traveling like 65 miles per hour it's not the same as being stuck in a light rail car that reeks like urine and so um my friend reminded me the other day she's like you gotta always take essential oils with you in the light rail so that when you smell like Sometimes it just <clears throat> really smells like gunt, just like dirty under gunt, like the entire car. And when that's the case, then you just break out that friggin' lemon oil, that orange oil, and I just like rub it all over myself. Well, no, that's not true. You can't put orange oil on yourself because it messes up your skin. But I just like, I literally just huff that bottle. I'm just like, just huffing. And uh, yeah, that's how I get through that. But it's definitely an inconvenience. And so comes back to like yeah i've just been going up and down between like i'm totally groovy man like it's all good to being like fuck those fucking assholes i want my goddamn bike back and then like dealing with the insurance is a bitch you know and um it takes forever like it takes the maximum amount of time i guess the insurance company can take to decide to grant you a claim is 40 days and that's like the first thing my adjuster told me is like it's gonna take 40 days i'm like okay well, I'm glad you guys are just right off the bat telling me you're going to just make sure that you take the longest possible time by law that you can <laughs> to, to give me, uh, to grant my claim. But anyway, this is not exciting podcast stuff. Talking about insurance claims is not riveting podcast material. So I'm going to stop that. And um, I think I'm pretty much kind of at the end of this little mini meditation. I just um, just wanted to kind of like, yeah, just kind of walk walk through it with you all and have a co-creative kind of process with this and um as i said right now day eight right now currently i feel really good about it i'm about to ride my bike to the gym i have a couple days off and um i currently am feeling like pretty good about things so i can leave you with that that in the end love always wins and uh gratitude and appreciation uh are like the antidote for troublesome desires or for desires that can't be met, or for um, perceived wrongs. Uh, gratitude and appreciation, I just feel like, are like our pillars of strength as we navigate this third dimension on this beautiful but definitely troubled planet Earth, and we're uh, inhabiting these beautiful but really troubled um, kind of like entities that we call bodies that are part of the human species, which is beautiful but troubled. <laughs> Like, everything I feel like about this sort of reality is, like, very beautiful, but also very troubled. And so, gratitude and appreciation. So then, I guess it's, like, focusing on the beautiful then. Like, where, um, where, what is it? What's the, what's the phrase? Where your energy goes, it flows, or where, where your thoughts flow, your energy goes, or something like that. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) What you focus on is what you experience, and so I always try... I shouldn't say try. I always focus on the, the beautiful and the true and the just. 
and um, the, the light, the forces of light. And gratitude and appreciation, I feel like, are the twin pillars of that palace that we can take sanctuary in, uh, no matter what we're going through. So, anyways, with that, I'm going to conclude this little meditation, and um, much love to you all. I really appreciate you, all my listeners, and um, spread the word. Uh, Barbarian Noetics um, is the podcast. I'm Conan Tanner, and... Much love. All right. Peace. Give me a hand.